Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. legit faith okay having faith that is legit faith that will grab a hold faith that will get results faith that will remain a type of faith that keeps you in the will of God the type of faith that if somebody doesn't smile at you just right you don't lose your faith somebody say amen somebody doesn't treat you right you still got faith when, when people in church act, act a fool, you're not going to throw your faith out just because they're a fool. Somebody say amen. Right? You're not going to throw, and just because you don't understand what's going on in your life all the time, you're not going to throw your faith out just because of that. Come on now. Let, say this with me. Say, my faith is legit. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, I got legit faith. All right? Legit faith. That's what we're going to talk about. So Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Here we go. But many times Jesus in Scripture throughout the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the Gospels. They are the narratives of Jesus' life written by uh, four different people, one of which wasn't a direct witness, but he wrote a Gospel uh, via somebody else's witness. Um, but, um, but Jesus would find a time to kind of steal away kind of get away. I mean, he was out there ministering, healing people. Um, he was out there, um, um, you know, casting devils out of people, and he'd find time to, he wanted to basically get away for a minute. Anybody ever, you, anybody out there, you love people, but sometimes you just need to get away from people. Any parents out there, sometimes you just want the kids to go to sleep and just have some time to yourself. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Last night, we, I thought my wife and I had that going on last night. I mean, kids were in, we put them to bed. Anybody, and they rose from the bed, not from the dead, but from the bed. And, it did, and it was, they didn't even sleep through the night. So here comes Nico inside our bedroom with his pajamas on, just having conversations about random stuff. We're like, I'm like, boy, what are you doing? Go to bed. He's like, um, um. Somebody say, I need to steal away. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I want to get away. I love my kids, man, with my whole heart. Um, but sometimes, just, and that's what Jesus was doing. I'm just trying to give you context here. Jesus was just trying to get away with his friends. And it actually, and this story is told in the book of Mark as well. I believe it's Mark chapter 7. We're going to read it out of Matthew chapter 15. And Mark 7 actually says he went into a house. So he kind of wanted to kind of get into a house and get away from the people for a minute. Okay, and so here he is. Um, then Jesus went out from there, and this woman came up out of there crying, crying out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. That's what, that's what Dominico did last night. Have mercy on me, O Father. Will somebody come sleep with me? No, I'm not going to sleep with you right now. But then you know how moms are? My wife's like, Come here, baby, just lay up in here with us for a minute. Like, and then I was like read, trying to study the word. That's why my paper's all wrinkled because he was all moving around everywhere, knocking, st knocking my notes off the bed. I'm like, and mama just has his back. Anyways, <laughs> have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. 
Somebody say legit faith. So I'm just going to give you a little history of this area that Jesus, the Messiah, found himself in, in Tyre and Sidon, which were pagan it's a pagan region. The, the, uh, the Bible calls this woman a Syrophoenician or a Syrian inside an area called Phoenicia. It was a coastal, coastal cities uh, on the Mediterranean Sea there, uh, just um, south of Beirut. So she's, they, she's from a region. She's not a Hebrew. She's outside what the scripture would say. She's outside the commonwealth of Israel. She is a pagan. She is a Greek or she follows Greek religion. She worships by birth and culture false gods. She, and it's interesting that she had complete and total understanding of who Jesus was. When you start to say things like, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, you are attaching this man as the Messiah, the coming Messiah, attaching him to King David and, and Hebrew and um, Jewish people knew that, that the Messiah would come from Judah would come from the tribe of Judah and come out of the lineage of David. So here is a woman with a pagan background. She is not a, um, a learned um, scholar in Hebrew culture, but somehow, some way, this woman in her world, coming from a pagan region, knew who the Messiah was. And so I'll just give you a little history of the area, if you don't mind. But but these this is some port cities. It's actually modern-day Lebanon on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, okay? Um, here's some biblical history of this area so you can see where homegirl's coming from. But um, Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, he failed to conquer Sidon in Joshua chapter 1, and God instructed him to conquer. This was the land of Canaan, and he failed to do it, did not complete the job. The Bible clearly states this is a pagan area. The wicked, evil queen Jezebel was a Sidonian. So her history in Hebrew culture is, man, this is a descendant of Jezebel. Somebody say, um, you know, uh, actually you don't have to say this, but that, that's a rough history to deal with. Anybody been through some things in your past and you're just thankful God forgave you? Anybody? Am I the only one? <laughs> but this woman came from some stuff. Jezebel's her great, 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 great grandma. Somebody say, Lord Jesus. It's not going so good so far for this woman. The region she came from, her heritage, what's in her bloodline. All right? Um, and, and all throughout, this is in the history books as well, not just the Bible, but they were conquered time and time again. They were conquered by the Babylonians, this area, by the Persians. Alexander, Alexander the Great conquered this area. So it's an area that had a history of being conquered time and time again. Not too, much, not too much great stuff to talk about coming from Tyre and Sidon. Well, at least culture wouldn't say. And society wouldn't say that this is that almost a shameful uh, past, this woman. So think about what this woman's coming with. Her daughter is severely demon-possessed and could be very well because of the open doors of the pagan religion her mama was involved in. Could be. I don't know. But she had demons. Her daughter was demon-possessed. Okay? So here she comes to Jesus. And um, here's some other... Um, things here, multitudes. If earlier on before this, there were multitudes from this area, 
that came to Jesus because they heard he was healing people. And it's interesting as well because Jesus, I'll say one more thing just to kind of provide context of the region. Tyre and Sidon. It's current Lebanon. Is um, when Jesus was speaking to the religious community and he was performing miracles in his hometown, performing miracles in Capernaum, in these areas that were densely populated with Jewish people, he said that judgment isn't even going to be as strong on the cities of Tyre and Sidon. Because if I did miracles there as I did here, they would have repented. So he's, draw, he's talking to religious people saying, I'm going to be a lot softer on these guys because I'm doing miracles a bunch of you, um, um, amongst you religious people. And if I did them with these pagans over here, they would have returned. They would have turned and repented. So, he's, so, so they had a name for being wicked, pagan, and evil history. Okay, And so Jesus just goes to these areas to just take a break. All right, because he was sent to his people primarily first, okay? Um, and so, and that's in Mark 3. Multitudes came from this region to see him, and many were healed and delivered of demons. In, uh, at, these people witnessed that, okay? And Jesus said once again that the same miracles, if they were performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented. And here's my point here. Coming from all of that, so awesome that Jesus came to where she was. She did not, he came to an environment that, that Jewish people wouldn't go there. It's not their place. And this is my first point, and I just want to encourage you here, because um, this is where legit faith begins, is Jesus meets you where you are. Jesus came into my room, his presence, his love. I got saved. I gave my heart to Jesus in my room. When I was hurt and, and, and tormented by the abuse of my childhood and, and, and just being involved in the drugs and all that I was involved in, Jesus meets you where you are. Every time, every story I hear, every story you hear about somebody talking about Jesus, it's going to be about him meeting you where you are, him coming to you. If you even think about it, he left heaven to come to where we are. He left, um, you know, he came into her world, into that mess, into even the tension in that culture. He did not belong there. What is a rabbi hanging out and tired and siding for? That he was crossing cultural bounds. Number one, she's a woman. She had that against her in that culture. Number two, she's a Syrophoenician, and she's going to plead for mercy from a Hebrew rabbi. I mean, God, like God will flip the script on what society and culture says is the norm. Jesus meets you where you are. Look at um, verse um, 23. But before I read that, here we go. Here it is. If you're taking notes, it's not enough for God to meet you where you are, though. It's not enough. Because he came, and why is only one woman approach him? So I, here it is. It's not enough. It's never just enough for God to meet you where you are. Here it is. You have to know who he is. You have to know who he is. God will meet you where you are, but you got to know who this Savior is. She, he came to where she was, but she said, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. 
She basically broke down that he is the Messiah, the promised one, and she knew that this demon-possessed daughter of hers was only going to get healed through Jesus. I'm here to tell you right now that there is nothing, there is nobody, there is no program, there is no um, education that can, that can deliver you of the things that only Jesus can. There, there, there's no relationship. Your husband, no husband can do that for you. No wife can do that for you. Finances can't do that for you. This woman knew my daughter has a demon. Only Jesus is going to fix that. And all of us have problems. There's things we're walking through. And I'm here to tell you right now that there's nothing, there is nobody that's going to heal you, that's going to lift you up, that's going to touch that area, that's going to breathe life into you. There's nothing, there's nobody that can do it other than Jesus. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away. So God's seemingly ignoring her, and God's people are telling her to get out of there. I'm here to tell you right now, that's the first test of legit faith. If you have legit faith, you got to be willing to walk with God and obey God even when you feel like he's ignoring you. I'm not saying he's ignoring you, but if you never felt like he's ignoring you, keep living. I said, I'm not saying God's ignoring you, but if you never felt like God wasn't talking to you, just keep living. Keep reading that Bible, because sooner or later you're going to feel like, God, where in the are you? I didn't, I, just, I didn't, what? What are you laughing for? I didn't say nothing. Where in the world? That's what I was going to say. Anybody ever walking with God, you ever feel like cussing? Well, I've got a real church for real people. There's going to be moments. Here it is. Her daughter has a devil, maybe more than one. And you know, in the Bible, there's people possessed with demons throwing themselves in the fire, you know, foaming at the mouth and stuff. I don't know all the, the things happening here, but a homegirl had a demon, and, 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 the, and her mother was like, I, I, I've had it. I, I, Jesus is up in my city, but, but, but this woman right here just messing stuff up. But he answered her not a word. I mean, theologians will look at this and be like, sweet Jesus. I mean, he came to, he came to, for God so loved the world. But he's not answering this woman. And I'm here to tell you right now, legit faith will be tested. No, faith will be tested and the test determines the legitimacy of your faith. And God needs some people that will foolishly follow him when they feel like he ain't listening. It sure is quiet in this Baptist church. We're, we're Eastern Baptists because we're in East L.A., so we're Eastern Baptist church. Eastern Baptist missionary, first apostle, second, it sure is quiet. But he answered her not a word. Have you ever been walking with God and you're like, hello? Can, I, can a brother get a word? You ever go to meetings and they're prophesying over everybody but you? They're like, yes, you. And you're like, oh, no, no, the one behind you. This, yeah. You're, you're, you're like positioning yourself in the line of sight of the prophet like, you worshiping real good because the prophet's got a word. You're like, you're like on fire. 
walk up out of there going, false prophet, man. He ain't got no word for me. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching to anybody in here? Then you got to go home and get your own word. And then you open your Bible and it's like the fruit of the spirit. You're like, no. I'm trying to hear about self-control and patience and goodness and faithfulness. Please give me a word, somebody. Am I the only one? And you're following God. You're living right. You're keeping your pants on. And you're like, God, where are you? Come on now. Living right. You're tithing. Better be tithing. Come on, somebody. You're, you're giving. You're giving. You're worshiping. You're serving. You're like, and he didn't answer you a word. Somebody say legit faith. Because legit faith don't come like you want it, when you want it, how you want it all the time. Hey, why? Look at this. The, the, these people, they could manipulate their gods. Jesus was like, you can't manipulate me. I'm going to do it my way. You keep coming, girl, but I'm not going to do it the way you can manipulate your little Greek gods. I'm, I'm for real. He knew who he was working with. He knew, who he, he knew the game they'd play with their gods. Jesus like, not me. I'm going to sit here and eat my Mediterranean salad. You just keep coming. Didn't answer her a word. I want to write a book and say, God ain't going to talk to you for a minute. Just came to me right now. Thank you, Lord. Any English degrees out there? Let's write a book. God ain't talking for a minute. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're doing what's right. I mean, you're living for God. You're living holy. And there is this tension of faith. This test of faith that is, that is the gospel. And it is, I, I, I choose you, God, by faith, in faith, whether it comes my way or not. Because it is coming. I'm here to tell you it is coming. I'm here to tell you whatever you're believing for, it is coming. And it ain't going to come out you want. You can't manipulate God. You can fool some people all the time, but you can't fool God. Can't mess with him. Can't try to work your deal on him. I know some of y'all are little smooth talkers. You know how to work your way and get your way around people. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking to anybody. Any smooth talkers out there? Nobody wanted to say amen. All the smooth talkers were like, I'm not trying to say amen to that, Pastor Sean. But he didn't answer. He answered her not a word. Not a one word. For the moment, legit faith. And you think this woman where she's from, you think in that moment, Jesus would have maybe showed a little compassion. Notice, he didn't do it this way to everybody all the time, but he's going to do it this way to everybody some of the time. I'm trying to just reach you right where you are right now. I'm trying to reach you in your walk with God right now. That we're talking about legit faith. This woman could have got offended. Ain't going to let me manipulate him. Ain't going to let me do it my way. But he answered her not a word. And his people are rejecting me. And if you've never been rejected by somebody in church, keep coming. I hope it doesn't happen here. And even if they're not rejecting you, you're going to feel it. But that's a test of faith. 
My, my pastor, when I grew up in the church, I came up in as a young adult. He'd say, man, you got, if you feel called of God, you got to go through rejection training. And I'm like, what is that? Is that a class or something? Is that like some Bible? Is that seminary? No. It's walking with God when people reject you, and it will happen sooner or later for one reason or another. But the legitimacy of your faith, you must pass the rejection test. Welcome to Sunday morning for a happy shouting message. But he answered her not a word. Here it is, legit faith. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away. Just because people are following Jesus doesn't mean they're adequately hearing his voice. So don't, don't, don't rest your faith on the stupidity of the people following Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. You're leaving me up here all by myself. That's all right. Rejection training. I'm used to it. You, you ain't, just because you don't say amen doesn't mean my faith is going out the window. But he answered her not a word and his disciples. I mean, this is like a, this is like a left, a right hook and a left blow. This is like a combo. Bam, bam. Let's see what you got, girl. I'm not going to listen to you, and the people around me are going to reject you. Bam, bam. Anybody ever felt that before? Here it is. I'm going to say it again. Don't rest your faith on the stupidity of the people following Jesus because they'll be stupid sometimes. And you actually might be one of those people that are stupid sometimes. Yes, can I get a witness in the house today? Have you ever felt like God is quiet and the negative chatter is louder than his voice? I said, have you ever felt like God is quiet and the negative chatter is louder than his voice? Send her away, for she cries out after us. They thought they were doing Jesus a favor. And Jesus probably answered, I was like, dude, you guys are missing. It's not what I'm doing. Shut up. Let me do this. He didn't say that, but, but they tried to jump on it like, yeah, yeah, get her out of here. And sometimes even in church, even church people, even people following God, they think they're doing the right thing, but they're not. And but you, then this is the thing. You can't rest your faith on that. That's not legit faith. You're, you got your faith in something else. It's not in Christ. It's not in God. It's not in his word. It's in something else. And there are going to be moments and times where that happens. And that's part of the process of living a life of faith. Verse 24, but he answered. Here he goes. He answered. See, here it is. I'm going to give you this. If you're taking notes, faith must be proven. Faith must be proven. It's like gold. It's like precious. Faith is precious. Faith is worth something. Everything worth something must be tested to make it worth more. It's like gold. Gold is awesome. You find some gold, but you, but you boil that gold. It's going to be worth more. Anything worth, anything must be tested to prove its worth, its legitimacy. We're talking about legit. Be who you are. You want legit faith. You got to be willing to be tested. You got to be willing to go through the test. You got to be willing to go through the test of not, of, of you feeling like God's ignoring you, of you not quite hearing what he's saying. And God's saying, can you keep coming regardless of what you hear and how you hear it? Can you keep walking with me? Can you keep trusting me? Can you keep serving me? Even though the voices are louder, that's not my voice. You seem not to hear my voice, but you just keep coming. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. I said we walk by faith. What does that mean? I have no idea where I'm going, where I'm going, but I believe God is going to show up sooner or later. That's faith. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things not seen. There is no substance. It's not. It's resting on faith. Faith is the substance. Faith in God. Faith in God. What He said. 
All right. You guys are working me this morning. Verse 24, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Faith must be proven. Here we go. Faith must be proven. And anything proven to be legitimate must be tested. Faith must be proven. And anything proven to be legitimate must be tested. When God is silent and we take it as rejection. Or when God is truthful, we take it as rejection. Or when God is truthful through somebody to us, we take it as rejection. And here's the thing. He said, I'm not even sent to you yet. It was true. Because the Bible says he was to the Jew first, then to the Greek. Girl, get in line. That's what he said. You need to get in line. Ain't time for that. I'm trying to hang out with my friends and eat my kebab and my Mediterranean salad. And you're over here bothering me. In a sense, he's like, he's like, I was sent, not sent, except to the lost sheep of the house. You ain't in the house, girl. Get in line. And here's the thing, is let's not confuse truth with rejection. You need to write that down. You need to write it down. Let's not confuse truth with rejection. I've done it before. Somebody correcting me. I take it personal. Anybody ever done that? Some of y'all are like, no, I'm the one that says it, and they take it personal. There's times that sometimes my knee-jerk reaction is, reje is rejection. Maybe because of how I grew up. What I've dealt with, that my, my flesh, my soul, my emotions, like. And then the person says, what do they say? I'm not rejecting you. I'm like, yeah, you are. Talking to me like that. <laughs> but when God comes with truth, he's not rejecting you. Here it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to define this for you. I'm going to teach you something. God isn't rejecting your person. He's confronting your condition. You say, what's the difference, Pastor Sean? There is a difference. There is a difference when God comes at you through your spouse <laughs> with truth. Anybody married out there, has your spouse ever been truthful with you? Some of y'all look at me like, when have they not been? I'm still going through healing, Pastor Sean. <laughs> I need inner healing because of the truth in my spouse. <laughs> Come on now. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Let's not confu confuse truth with rejection. You guys getting something out of this? I'm almost done, I promise. God, let's not confuse truth with rejection. God isn't rejecting your person. He's confronting your condition. He's confronting. The, God is, speaks the truth in love. Now, this woman's going to find herself in a miracle, but the process is test and confronting something, a condition, a place in her life. This is the reality of who you are and where you are. Anybody out there thankful that God has been truthful with you? 
In the moment, no. The next day, however long your process is, you're like, you know what? We, we, my wife and I, we're uh, leading a marriage group, and it's like when we speak truth to one another at times in the moment, my wife will tell you if I'm honest and truthful with her at times, in the moment, um, she's like, look, I ain't trying to hear this right. But then she'll process. Everybody say process. Anybody need a little process? Like you know it's right on, but you ain't going to give them that much credit from the jump. Come on now. Like, like you're, you're like... I don't, I, don't even, I don't even see what you're saying right now. I don't, I don't know. Where, where, where's that coming from? And inside your heart, you're like, dang, they hit me on nail on the head right now. <laughs> like, why are you acting all crazy talking to me like that? You go over here and go, Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for that truth. I just want it to work in my heart. Thank you. And then you come back and you go, you know what? There is something in there, a little smidgen of truth that I believe. You know what? Thank you. Come on. Somebody say amen. Somebody say thank you, Lord, for truth. Say it again. Say, thank you, Jesus, for the truth that's in my neighbor and coming out of their mouth into my heart. Come on now. Come on. Give God praise for that, somebody. Come on. Okay. I'm almost done, okay? Here it is. Legit faith. Faith must be proven, and anything proven to be legitimate must be tested. What do I do when God seems silent? Let's not confuse truth with rejection. God isn't rejecting your person. He's confronting your condition. Verse 25, here it is, legit faith. Then she came. She passed the test multiple times, multiple things. Legit faith always leans into God, even in the tough times. Leans into God when she doesn't understand. Leans into God when the answer isn't there. She came and worship still. Somebody say legit faith. When Job had himself a bad day, the first thing he did was worship. Then she came. This word came, it means to take steps, to walk, to enter. She leaned in to the truth. She leaned in to the source of her miracle. She came. She didn't leave. She came. I said, she came. She didn't leave. She didn't leave because it hurt. She didn't leave because it was hard. She came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. It means to take steps, to walk. Actually, the Greek word for came in the scripture means to grow. Meaning you can't grow if you don't lean into the truth when it hurts. You will not, I'm here to tell you, you will not grow in your walk with God, if you can't lean into the will of God when it is difficult, when it's hard to understand, when, it, when, it, when you're trying to figure this thing out, when the thing hasn't quite manifested, you got to lean into the will of God for your life. you got to take a step, and that is how you grow. Why do we need legit faith? So we can grow. Grow in our understanding and relationship with God and grow in our walk with God. You can't help nobody as a leader in this house if you aren't leaning into God and his will when it doesn't quite feel all that great. Worship in the Greek, proskuneo, means to go down on our knees to worship. In the Greek, the Greek language means kiss or kissing ground. Or worship, proskuneo, is an environment of intimacy with a, the, a bride and her husband, the, the church, the bride, Christ, our husband. She leaned in 
to the relationship. To the relationship. When we're offended by one another, lean into the relationship, not what they said. Don't hang your hat when they were acting nasty. Don't hang your hat on that. Because it was a moment. But lean into the person. You guys got to hear this. This is good. This is relational stuff right here. Because a relationship means more than the nasty mouth they had. Or you had. Or what, the look you gave. Look, I didn't say nothing. Yeah, but that look could kill. Some of y'all got a look. And it's got rejection. Hate. You got the hate on the face. You got the nasty, you got ugly face. Somebody say amen. You know, as a pastor, you know how many times? Counsel people. Man, the way they looked at me. And it might seem trivial, but that can come with some stuff, man. Got all kind of spirits behind that face. For real. Come on, somebody. Come on now. What, what did he tell the prophet, the man of God? Don't look at their faces. Some of y'all hang your faith on somebody else's face. And we're going to get into this. Talk, he talks about bread. Bread of his presence. Really the bread of his face. Meaning in the presence of God, in the face of God, there's always food. And many, you got to rest your faith on his face. Not somebody else's stank face. Come on, look at your neighbor. Just give him a stank face real quick. Just get it out. Go ahead. Come on, roll your eyes. Come on now. Some of y'all acted too cute in church. Like you're like, uh, some of y'all playing with your husband's ear, smiling at him. You know you got a stank face for him. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread, bread, and throw it to the little dogs. Here's my next point. Legit faith is aggressive faith. It's aggressive. She kept pressing. Here he goes. I'm going to move quickly. And, and in Mark 7, it says, I must feed the little children first. He, he is breaking down the, the process of salvation to humanity to a woman that has a daughter that is demon-possessed. And he's sticking to the book. He's sticking to the script. And this woman's faith was aggressive. Verse 27, and she said, yes, Lord, yet, look at this. Yeah, yeah, you're true, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're right. You're right. Okay? I'm not a Hebrew. You're right. Okay. I'm not, I can't sit at the table yet. I'm not invited to the table yet. I can't sit at the table, but check this out. How about this? How about this, Jesus? Even the dogs can sit under the table in a place of worship, and I'll just take a crumb. I will just take a crumb. I don't have time to wait for you to go to Golgotha and everybody whip you and pull your beard out and then you go down there for three days. Like, I don't have time for the early church to get to my city because I know it's going to take Apostle Paul a minute to get over here to side and then tire. Who knows when they're going to build a church over here. R right now, my faith is aggressive. And how about this? I'm just going to sit here and how about you, Mr. High Priest, that's at the table of the Lord in the holy place. 
How about I, as a dog, just, how about I find myself in the temple? You are the temple. You control who you give that bread to. How about just throw me a crumb before you get to the cross? Faith is aggressive. Faith, legit faith is unlawful. It does things. It, it, she crossed, she crossed God's time clock. She challenged the process. She, her, her faith was aggressive. And how many times do we sit and we wait for things instead of releasing our faith for what God said? We sit and we, we she wasn't going to sit in the status quo. She, she pressed in. She said, yes, Lord, but yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. You're the master. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread that came down from heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You're thinking, man, this woman must have read her Bible. And in the Old Testament, there's a table of showbread in the holy place, table of his presence. It represents two things, provision, that all, every, every need of ours is met. That's what bread represents. Jesus is the bread. He said, he broke the bread and said, hey, take, eat this. My body's broken for you. Represents intimate fellowship between God and his people. She's like, I know I'm not supposed to be at the table, but I am, uh, my worship is opening the door of intimacy and provision, and I'm here to receive it. She's like, I know I wasn't invited to the table, but I'm here anyway. Anybody ever just invite themselves over your house and walk up into your kitchen and open up your fridge? That's what this woman did. What's up, Jesus? I show I'm hungry. <laughs> Legit faith. Here it is. She had an understanding, though. I'm almost done here. She had an understanding. She understood. She knew what was going on. She's like, look, but even dogs. And in that culture, dogs were domestic in her world. They weren't scavengers. In Hebrew culture, dogs were scavengers. In her culture, they were pets. They sat, and they waited for the crumbs. They couldn't sit at the table. But she's like, I don't have to sit at the table. Sit right here, and I'll take a crumb. And this is legit faith. Here we go. Legit faith is it doesn't have to come how I want it, when I want it. I'm going to take what I could get. You're, as, and he said, look, I can't throw it to the dogs. I'm here to tell you, your faith has to be dogged. That I don't need it like them. I don't need it like them. I don't need it handed to me on a silver platter. I don't need it like that. I don't need church to be all this and that and everything all perfect. I don't need all that. I don't need this. I don't need everybody to like me, everybody to love. I just need to be at your feet. I'm going to give me a crumb. And sometimes, well, look at them. Look at them. We got to get out of this comparison culture. Quit looking at social media because they're just posting the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Go over to their house. You'd be like, man, I am unfollowing this person. They look cute, but that closet is nasty. And this woman was like, look, you don't, I don't even need nothing special here, Jesus. I, I got faith, though, and I will take it. Sit right here. I'm just going to wait for my crown. She just. Legit faith. I don't need to fit in with nobody, be a part of nothing. That don't want me, I'm going to get at the feet of Jesus and get mines. With an S. But legit faith requires knowledge and understanding. This woman understood. I'm here to tell you right now, if you want legit faith, you got to understand what that word says. you got to dive into that word. you got to understand who you believe. you got to understand who you're walking with. This woman was entire inside in a Syrophoenician, unlearned. But she found out some stuff that was not handed to her, did not grow up in it, but she went after it.
Here it is, my last point. Humility is essential for legit faith. She didn't give him an attitude. She didn't give the disciples an attitude. She didn't make it about the people that were rejecting her. She made it about what she wanted from God. I said she didn't make it about the people that were telling her to get out of there. She made it about, she didn't pay them any mind. Then Jesus answered and said to her, oh, woman, my, 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 oh, woman, great is your faith. Somebody say legit faith. Look at this. Let it be. Let it be. Look, let it be to you as you desire. Let it be to you, Syrophoenician, before your time. Girl, cut in line and got a crumb. Be it unto you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. And that word desire means resolved, determined. Be it unto you as you have resolved. Be it unto you as you have determined. Be it unto you as you have purposed. Wanting, here it is. This is what it means, desire. Wanting what is best and ready and willing to act in order to get it. That's what the word desire means in the Greek. I'm going to read it one more time. The word desire means wanting what is best and ready and willing to act in order to obtain it. Your faith. She didn't wait on God's clock, but her faith did this unlawful thing and transcended time and space. Could you imagine her telling that story? It, it blow the theology out the window. Because it's even something God put in place and she, this woman reached in and got all she, her faith, all she got was a crumb, but that crumb delivered her daughter of devils. Man, every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.